0: To another episode of Project Killing Sin If it's your first time joining us Welcome, welcome, welcome If you've been with us for a while Welcome back It is so good to have you Tuning in to listen On this week's episode Which is going to be an amazing one um, You know, it's 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 it has been An amazing journey so far Thank you so much for the support Thank you so much for tuning in to listen It has been so good um, Today we are taking a left turn or right turn, whatever it is, we're taking a turn in the conversations that we've been having. Um, for those of you who have been with us from the very beginning, we have had this uh, kind of journey on the foundation of what this podcast is for, uh, the foundation on the theme of this season. And now we're kind of building up, um, the, the, the structure of, of this, uh, season, you know, just taking it floor by floor by floor till we get to the very top and have a complete, um, holistic view of what the radical life looks like. And today, uh, the turn that we're taking is, you know, uh, beginning to build that first floor, which is identity. And this is a very interesting topic as we're going to dive into it. And today is going to be less about, you know, um, diving into scripture as we have in the past three episodes, looking at who God really is and more just about a conversation on who we are, who we've been called to be, and how we identify as Christians, specifically when it comes to the radical life. Uh, So before we get into it, I just want to say a prayer as we dive into the conversation for today. So, yeah, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this time you've given us. Thank you for uh, my brother and my sister who is tuning in. Uh, I pray that you may soften both our hearts as I speak and as they listen, that, Lord, it may be a session where your spirit is just present in the room, wherever there are, um, and just saturating their spaces. I pray that this message may go out to build individuals to actually take on the call of the radical life and begin to live for you as we just cry out for a change in our lives, in our generation, in this world that you've put us in, in the spaces specifically that we're in. As we begin this conversation, I am nothing but a vessel for you to use and speak, and I pray that you may again just soften the hearts of whoever is listening. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So today, like I said, we are talking about identity, and the reason this has come hot on the heels of uh, the previous conversation that we just had is because it's one thing to know who God is, and a lot of people kind of have an idea of who God is from their upbringing or from what they've heard might be a Full holistic view or just bits and fragments of it. But very few people actually know the identity that we carry as Christians, like the full identity. And it's in this place that the devil actually plays a very Very huge role in derailing us from our call as Christians and from who God has made us to be in our purpose, in our mission, in our responsibilities. It becomes very, very, very problematic. And if we lose our identity or if we've never known our identity, especially or exclusively for the purposes of this conversation and even for the purposes of Christianity. If we've never known our identity in God, then we have been lost and we have led others to be lost because, you know, you are in some cases the only version of Christianity that that others come to see. So if you're lost and you're proclaiming to be Christian and then going out there and showing what what is quote-unquote Christianity, then we're just losing other people. And before long, we're a generation of lost souls, which is ironically where we're at today. And I say that because this topic of identity is a very mainstream issue that we're dealing with today as Christians. It is not new. It is just very mainstream, and it it is something that is being capitalized on, and it is being twisted, it is being just destroyed, and it is being molded into into something that it really is not for the purposes of derailing the word of God and frustrating the kingdom. And the reason why we're having a conversation on this today, among many other reasons, is because it is vital to know who we are. It is, it is to our detriment if we live as Christians and do not know who God is and who he has called us to be and who we are in him. And for this purpose, uh, we're going to start with who God says we are. And for this, we're just going to dive into um, the book of Genesis, which is where we were last week um, as we were just winding up the, you know, the the conversation on who God really is and what it looks like to live radically for God and what the radical like who the radical God actually is. And we were on like the first few chapters of, uh, sorry, the first few verses of chapter one. And again, if you've not heard that conversation, I would encourage you to just go back and get a full context of where we're at before, you know, we we continue with this journey, it is very, very essential. We are intentionally building this thing up in a, in, a, in a very specific way that will allow us to have a holistic view of the radical life. And today, um, like I said, it's not going to be too many Bible scriptures. Actually, I think this might be the only one, that, like the only major one, our anchor verse. Uh, the rest I'll just be throwing them in there. Uh, but I, I kind of want to just show us from the Bible what our identity is as Christians in the radical life and why it is essential for us to always, always know our identity, to know who we are. And this is Genesis 1, 26 to 29. And I'm just going to read it out. This is in NLT. And it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the, wild, all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant without uh, throughout the earth, sorry, and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God took, so this is verse 31, Then God looked, over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. So here we are, in this one verse, uh, sorry, in this in, in this first chapter, we are seeing in this collection of verses, our, let me say, textbook identity. Like, the definition of who we are. And the 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 very main thing is we are made in the image of god we are an image of the living god let that really sink in because sometimes we are we are so bombarded by life that we forget who we actually are see the bible said God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, this statement is very problematic today because of how it's been taken out of its context and how it has been made to say something that it is not saying. What it is saying is that we are an image of an object. All right. An image is a stripped down version of the object in that you can only see um, so if we give a very basic example of an image in a mirror, if I were to maybe um, like hold my phone up to a mirror, the image would, would only show the length, the width and the height, you know, but the object itself is so much more than that. There are internal workings of the phone that cannot be seen in the image. There are so many processes happening in that phone that cannot be seen in just the image. There are so many other angles of that phone that cannot be seen in just the image. And this is what God is saying. He is saying that let us make human beings in our image. Let us give them Let us make humanity and give humanity a piece of who we are, a glimpse of who we are. And this, let us, he is referring to the Trinity, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So this is to say that in us or in our being, we are made in the image of God the Father, in the image of God the Son, and in the image of God the Holy Spirit. And again, that that is what this text is saying we are an image we are a glimpse of a far more complicated complex being that is the god of the universe what it is not saying which is what a lot of other new age religions and other you know other other practices like to coin what it is not saying is that we are gods all right it is not saying that we have divinity within us. This text is in no way implying that we can dare, that we have the capacity to go toe-to-toe with the God of the universe in any way, shape, or form. We are nothing but an expression. And we talked about that term in the last few, um, in the in the last episodes, as, as we were talking about the expression of the Holy Spirit. We are an expression of God's love because he took his time, unlike creating like he created where he said, let there be. In this instance, he said, let us actually make, let us get into the process and actually create. And in that creation, we see him leave a unique fingerprint on us that is not in any other design, that is not in any other creature that is seen that exists in the world that we know, and even in the world that that, that God was creating. And this is where the idea of the quote-unquote image comes in. God took his time to create us, and not just that, but to breathe life into us. As you read later down, you will see the breath of life that he gives us. And this is what it means to be an image of God. It means that we are connected in a very unique way that no other creature is connected to the God of the universe. And this connection is where our identity is. And then this connection is where the devil capitalizes on, on our identity to skew and to make sure that we are never connected to God. So again, I just want to give this example, going back to the example of the phone. So, I have held up the phone to the mirror. If I take away the phone, what happens to the image in the mirror? It disappears. It's a very simple example, but then it is so profound because we're living in a time where we have been convinced that as images of the object of our faith, who is God, That we can exist, that it is possible for us to exist without the object. We have been deceived to think that an image can exist without its object. That is impossible. And not just that, but we have been deceived to think that we're actually not the image of God. We're the image of other things. We're the image of our sexuality. We're the image of our society. We're the image of our success. We're the image of our families. We're the image of our accolades. There have been substitute images. That Sorry, there have been substitute objects that have been put and we have been deceived that we are the image of these things. And not just that, it has gone a step further because now we're seeing the whole quote-unquote woke culture where everyone wants to break away from any object that describes them and want to create their own object. So now the image is forcing itself to become an object. And that is so problematic because now... We can just see the damage that this has brought. We can see the damage it has brought in society. We can see the damage it has brought in our social lives. We're seeing the damage it has brought in our economy. We're seeing the damages left, right, and center. And the damage is primarily and exclusively to our identity. Because if we lose our identity... When we cannot identify ourselves in the creator of the universe, then we identify ourselves with the master of this earth. And the master of this earth is the devil. And it's as simple as that. And I know that that might be a huge bombshell to some people because we kind of have this idea of, a very false idea, that we're living in a time when We can gray the lines where we can blur the lines between good and evil and still be on the side of good. This is a this is a lie, and it it is an attack on our identity. There is no gray area between good and bad, and it is implied, heavily implied, and it is exclusively said in the Bible that it is either you are for God. Or not for him. You're either for God or for the devil. There is no in between. And when you think that you're in between playing both sides, you're actually playing on the side of the devil. There's a you know there's a verse. I think we read it last week um, in the book of John, um, in 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 John one one, and it said um, it said something along the lines. I think I could just pull it up here. Um, it was in John 1. So when we're talking about the whole idea of in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and God was the word. And it goes on to say in uh, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. There's other areas in the uh, Bible where it talks about the idea of, you know, light cannot dwell with darkness. So there is no way that we can say that we're treading the line between good and evil, and finding a balance in there, and that is where our identity is. There is no such thing as identity in that. That is confusion. And you know, I, <laughs> I don't want to dive too much into it because that's that's quite a lot. We we should probably we could probably have a follow up conversation um, on that. But what I want to focus on today is this: our identity. So, so far, we have kind of um, seen what our identity is in Christ, and we've seen this whole idea of the lie that the devil is bringing in our lives, where he is saying that, you know, you are, you can be, you can create your own identity, and that you don't need to be connected to the object of your faith, you can actually be connected to another object. In fact, you can be the object, and we've seen how problematic this is, and I go a step further and even just explore and expose some of the tricks that the devil is using. And the main one in this time that we're in is sexuality. I know I just mentioned it, but allow me to go deeper into this just a bit. We are living in a time where our identity is our sexuality. And this might not seem or look problematic until you actually dive into the issues that we're dealing with today as humanity when it comes to our sexuality. There is so much confusion because the image is looking in the mirror and refusing to identify with the object and choosing to identify with emotion choosing to identify with feeling choosing to identify with 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 trends choosing to identify with the times choosing to identify with the looks that it is becoming impossible to actually Follow what the Bible says. And what the Bible says is in this Genesis 1.27, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That is problematic today. If you heard saying that, you get canceled. Because there is no way that we can be constricted to male and female. There's no way that you're going to keep me bound to these parameters because I have refused to acknowledge the object of my existence. Instead, I've become the object. So what I say goes, I have become my own God. My identity is in myself. Are you seeing how problematic that is? Are you seeing how how crazy that actually is? Are you seeing how how dangerous that becomes? Because once we go down this rabbit hole, and like I said, I just want to expose this 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 this, this stupidity, honestly, of this idea of different genders and different sexes and all that nonsense, I want to expose it because what happens is now, because we've been allowed to run free, we've been allowed to become the object of our own identity, we are making up, essentially now we're just making up words, making up pronouns, making up sexes, making up genders, making up all these other things. We are making stuff up. And why are we doing that? Because we want to make ourselves feel better. And the reason why we are not feeling better is because we have attached our identity to ourselves and to other things. Except or apart from what our, our true identity actually is. Which is the object who is God. And that might not sit right with a lot of people. But this is the truth. I don't need to get into the details of your life to expose the loneliness that you may have faced seeking identity outside of Christ. This is something that we are, a lot of us are familiar with. Personally, I know I am. Growing up, I was completely lost in my identity. I was searching left, right, and center, lost specifically in my sexual identity. And I identified as homosexual. I identified as as, as a trans lover. I identified as so many things just to make myself feel better. I was running through the whole LGBTQ community to try and find my identity. And for you, it might not be that you have gone down this road. Maybe it's been that you have gone down the road of accolades. You have been going from degree to degree, going from course to course, going from school to school, trying to find your identity. Or it could be that you're going from relationship to relationship. It could be that you're going from achievement to achievement, trying the best that you can to find your identity, and I can tell you for a fact, you are chasing the dragon. And for others, it could be that we are going into in, in, into into substance abuse. We're going into you know chasing chasing the high because our identity is found in the kind of feeling that these things bring. And I need you to understand this is not dismissing this is I am I am I am not dismissing the pain I am not dismissing the hurt I am not in any way shape or form dismissing the very real trauma that has come that has led us a lot of us to chasing the things that we're chasing this is not me saying that you need to man up and actually know who you are no 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 This is me setting down the truth that is given before us by God and saying that anything else is false. But even as I say that anything and everything else that is not identifying, that is not in line with what the word is saying is false, I am being very careful to acknowledge that sometimes we fall into these traps of losing our identity because of trauma, because of circumstances that we may have been in control of or in other cases we were not in control of maybe you got exposed to something when you were younger and you just don't know how to get rid of it and you don't know how to handle it so it has become easier to identify with a pain to identify with a certain lifestyle to identify with whatever it is because it is just more bearable it is easier and it is and it is widely being accepted in the society that's one side of the coin. On the other side, there's this nagging feeling, especially if you're a Christian, there's this nagging feeling called conviction. And we talked about conviction last week. It is that, it is that voice of God that is just saying, this is not right. And it could be upon you right now, even as I speak. That thing that is that is just about to like just c- trying to convince you that yo, just just skip this, go listen to some music, turn this off, go do whatever. You're okay. You have found your identity. It's okay. You can be a Christian in your own terms. It is it is piercing. It is a tension that we're walking in, and it is. Like, this is this is why we need to have this conversation. Because of these tensions that we find ourselves in. See, the radical life requires a fixed identity in who we are. And finding our identity is not as easy as just reading a verse. That's why I said at the beginning that there'll be less it's going to be less about the verses it is still about God do not get me wrong it is still about God but it's less about the verses and more about a conversation because our identity when it is lost it's not as easy like i said just reading a verse and finding it it is it is doing a deep soul search diving into our past and it could be you know suppressed memories it it could be suppressed trauma it it could be just a laziness to actually address the issues that we're dealing with or or just a lack of strength to actually go through with it it could be a variety of issues and today it's i'm just guiding us down this road but i'm gonna have to leave you somewhere where it is going to be up to you and god to actually deal with the trauma, the issues, the pain, the the barriers, essentially, that are keeping you from realizing your full identity in Christ. And my hope is that just this guidance will give you a good foothold as you begin to actually walk in the radical call on what it means to be a Christian today, what it means to share the word. So, yeah, yeah. Um, our identity. So we've talked about who we are. Now it is important to kind of touch on why we are. See in the same in the same chapter in in the same verses that we've just read, we see in, you know, chapter 28 and 29, we see this thing called responsibility. We see why God has made us And we see the things that he has put us in charge of. And we see phrases like, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. So we see fruitfulness, we see multiplying, we see govern, we see reigning. Responsibility is core to our identity. And one thing that keeps us from realizing our identity in Christ is our refusal to take responsibility for the places that we have been put in. And this is specifically true for us as Christians today. We would much rather, or let let me use myself as an example. I, growing up, would much rather leave the idea of being a staunch christian whatever that meant to the pastors and the deacons and the bishops and the priests i would much rather leave it to them than actually take on the responsibility that god had given me in my small circles in my family in my friendship circles in 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 my place of work which was school at the time i would much rather say i this is just not my place this is this is this is not who I am. This is not what I've been called to be right now. Um, I'm, I'm just okay listening to the pastor, listening to the preacher, listening to a sermon, and then going and living my life. And that is how I kind of pinpointed going back. That was one of the things that began to lead me away from my identity. And it was actually a defining factor in why I could not find my identity in Christ's See, when you neglect the whole idea of responsibility, godly responsibility, then you lose out on the fullness of your identity. And what is our responsibility? Like I said, be fruitful and multiply. Govern the earth and reign over it. These three things, if you really notice, these are the things that are under attack, that the devil is attacking today he is attacking our ability to be fruitful and multiply if you look at gender if you if you look at the whole agenda of 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 sexuality we are being led further and further away from the idea of being fruitful and to multiply if you look at even society today the norms of society today it is be increasingly becoming more shunned upon for women to want to have children for you know for it is it is becoming more evident that men do not want to have families they do not want to be fruitful and multiply it's just about the fun it's just about having you know having multiple lovers and enjoying sex and you know it is it is becoming less about being fruitful and multiplying it is becoming less about governing the earth and it it's becoming more and more about judging and falsely criticizing this earth that we live in and we do it and, and i say falsely criticizing because it is a lot easier for us to cast blame on our leadership on 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 our on the people that have that have been put over us in terms of our organizations in terms of our families it is so much easier to cast blame than to actually sit down and ask the simple question how can we help each other And don't get me wrong, there are instances where it is very essential to call stuff out. And we talked about this last week. We have been called to convict the world of its sin through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. That is very true. But convicting the world of its sin does not mean judging the world. We have not been called to judge the world. We have been called to judge each other. It's a conversation for another of the day as Christians, but we have not been called to judge the world and instead we've been called to convict the world of its sin, to model the righteousness of Christ and to speak of the coming judgment. These three things, as we talked about last week, they play into our identity because now we can actually have a serious conversation about where we're at about how we can get to where we need to get in terms of governing the earth and governing it and governing it well and completely avoid the wars that we see completely avoid the 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 you know the the corruption the embezzlement issues we we it saves us so much pain but the facade is, that the lie that has been cast over this process is that it's not for us. It's too much. That's for, that's for them. Our identity has come under attack because of this us versus them mentality. And all of a sudden, we refuse to take on the responsibility that God has given us because we're not quote-unquote them and quote-unquote they are not us So there's no way that we can relate to each other. So let them do what they want to do. And we'll just be here crossing our arms, ready to riot, ready to fight, ready to do all these things, except sit down and have candid conversations about how we can help each other to make the world a better place. And that is in every single aspect, be it in eradicating poverty, be it in saving the environment, be it in providing better services for each other as Christians and even as, you know, just offering a holistic, better service to the world. We do not do this because we have neglected our responsibilities. This is an attack on our identity. It's starting to get heavy, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly feeling it. Our identity is so, so key to this radical life. And if we lose out on it, we're off to a wrong start. You could know God. You you know, I know people who know the Bible inside out. They know what everything says about everything, but they don't know themselves. And again, that is another problematic phrase because it has been hijacked by the devil, and it means something that the Bible does not mean it to mean. See, the Bible talks about the idea of love your neighbor as you love yourself. But the full context of what that verse actually means is you cannot love yourself if you do not know how God loves you. So essentially, if you do not know your identity in Christ, you cannot love yourself, and if you cannot love yourself, then you don't know how to love your neighbor. But the, but, but the devil is coming in and saying that, "You know what? Forget God. Love yourself however way you want to love yourself, and then love your neighbor if you think they need to be loved. Isn't that the message today? It's like, "I'm just not going to love you. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Do you agree with my values? Do you agree that ABC is one, two, three? Oh, you don't? Get away from me. I'm going to cancel you. You are worthless. And it becomes an insult after insult after insult, and attack after attack after attack. And it breeds so much anger. And by the end of it, we don't even know what we're fighting for we don't even know why we're arguing we don't even we cannot even articulate the issues that we're dealing with that that is leading to so much division instead we're just so hyped and so ready to cancel so ready to fight so ready to to slander and we're just lost we're all just lost and that is so problematic our identity is key as Christians today in this life that we're living and I kind of want to talk about kind of just pivot into uh, kind of go deeper into what what God is actually saying in these verses see when 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 he gives us the responsibility if you really understand like if you can really really look into it there are a couple of things I want to show. In the responsibility that he has given us, he has given us our purpose for identity. And our purpose, it's kind of, I split it up into three. And the first one is to worship. See, when we're being fruitful and multiplying, we're in worship with God. We are living for him. We are doing that thing that he has told us to do and it gives us a gladness in our hearts. It gives us a gladness in our lives. We are in worship. And being fruitful and multiplied does not exclusively stand in reproduction. It means taking what he has given us and making good of it and multiplying it for the benefit of those who are to come. That is what worship is. Looking to God and saying, God, you have given me this one thing Show me how to make more of it in your name, that I may please you. That is worship. The second one is, we are made to proclaim. See, when he says, govern the earth, when you govern, you are put in in charge of a jurisdiction and that jurisdiction must know who you stand for we are called to proclaim it's not exclusively in our words but in how we live our lives we are called to model the goodness and graciousness and righteousness of God over all creation and for some of us the jurisdiction that we have right now is you know the jurisdiction that we have is very different and it changes over time with the seasons so for instance if you're a student your jurisdiction is your class if you're a you know, a parent, your jurisdiction is your family. If you are an employer, your jurisdiction is your company. If you are a leader, a church, your jurisdiction is the congregation. You have been called to govern it. And how do you govern? By proclaiming the decrees of the Lord. And then the final one is, we are made to rejoice. And we see this when it says, we shall reign over the fish, the birds, the sky, and the animals that scurry along. This is a form of rejoicing. To have an effective reign means that your subjects take delight in you. To the point where, even when you are not present, they are are in gladness under submission to all that you have commanded them to be. And again, this is not to say that we go and give physical instructions to the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and the animals. No, 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 no. When we rejoice in what God has given us, then we're beginning to operate in that phrase that he says, we are made in the image of God. See, to God, as we see in the Bible, all creation bows down to him because of his goodness. So when we reign over the things he has given us, being made in the image of God, these things will bow down, not to us, because we are the image, we are pointing to an object, but they will bow down to us because they see us and see the object that is being reflected off of us. And we cannot achieve this if we are not in rejoicing to the Lord our God, this is our identity. But see, the problem is, even with these three things, sin has come into the picture. And there is a distortion in how we worship. There is a distortion in how we proclaim and there is a distortion in how we rejoice and God's mission to us today, or ever since sin got into the world, has been to restore the order that he gave us, the responsibilities that he gave us. And he has, through the death of Jesus, through his mighty hand, and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, began that restoration that will be complete on the final day when we are fully restored in him. So for us today, our identity, it is we are being dragged back to, the, back to the beginning with a view of the future where we are told this is how it was meant to be. This is where you are. It is not ideal, but I am giving you the strength and the capability to live like I made you to live as you look forward to that time when the struggles that you go through will not be struggles anymore and everything will be fully restored. So what does this mean for us today as Christians? It means that to walk in the radical nature that we've been called to, we worship. We worship God. We unapologetically go in every single area that we have been given and we worship. And it brings fruit and it brings multiplication because God delights in our worship. What does it mean as Christians today? We proclaim. You want to be radical? You want to have your identity? We proclaim. In the areas where He has given us to govern, we proclaim His goodness. And when we proclaim His goodness, our identity is solidified in Him because we're fixing our eyes on the object of our faith. What else does it mean? To rejoice. That everywhere God has put us, when we think we don't have power over it, or even when we think we have power over it, our responsibility is to rejoice because we are bringing praise back to God. And as we do that, again, we are fixing our eyes on things above. We're fixing our eyes on God. We're fixing our eyes on the object of our faith and that is being bounced back to us, rather through us, to the creation that God has given and we reign effectively. Have you ever been in a place where you you can't explain why, but things are just good? You know, like everything just works. And Maybe you've not noticed it, but people tell you. It's like, yeah, when you're here, things just go okay. I mean, we have hiccups, but it's like there's solutions. Have you ever wondered why that is? Have you ever thought that maybe it is because I worship, because I proclaim, and because I rejoice that all these things come under submission to me, As I point them back to God, because this is the responsibility that he has given me. And when you are in that space, have you noticed how how your identity is so solid in Christ, in God, in the Holy Spirit, that you are just so secure? And he brings a peace that you cannot begin to understand. If you've never had the privilege of witnessing this, then this is for you today. It is an eye-opener to where God has called you to be. And you, And if you've been there and you've just never noticed it, then, you know, again, this is also an eye-opener to kind of just show you that your identity is intact when you fix your eyes on the object of our faith, who is Jesus Christ, who is God the Father, who is the Holy Spirit. I hope you're beginning to see how Vital identity is And how Like in this radical life If you don't get your identity right Then you are not doing the radical life any justice And you know Even as I finish I know there's this There's this barrier that could have been forming Where you are looking at the things I'm saying And and you're looking at your life And It just doesn't compute because of all the things that you may have done or may have been through and all the damage. And I want to just say this. The radical life, even though it requires an uninterrupted connection to God, it does not demand perfection from us. So, to know your identity... It is not a prerequisite for you to be perfect. In fact, it's the complete opposite. It is when you're completely broken down. It is when you are completely at the end of yourself that the Holy Spirit fills us and gives us the strength and opens our eyes to see who we are made to be and who we are in Christ Jesus and in God the Father. It is when we come to the end the end of ourselves that we actually see our identity. The radical life does not mean a perfect life. Do not wait to be sinless to take up the call and do not dismiss sin in your life because grace is abundant. Again, it's a tension. We're living between these two tensions where on one end, Don't wait to be perfect. No, no, no. Your identity is intact in your imperfection because in Christ we are made perfect until the day comes when we are fully restored and we are perfect. But on the other hand, this does not give us a license to continue to dismiss and continue to actively live in our sin and to continue to think that we cannot do certain things because, well, I'm a sinner and grace is abundant so I'm I'm going to just do what I want to do and I'm going to just do the bare minimum because God is good anyway. No, 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 no. If you do that, you're losing the mark. You are missing the mark and we are losing out on our identity. See, we have been made perfect to be given strength under Christ, in Christ, saturated by his precious blood that was shed on the cross for us, given to us. like Jesus given to us by God the Father in restoration and with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we have all these resources so that we can overcome the patterns of this world world that keep us bound in false identity. So again, I'm going to just say it because I feel like someone needs to hear this. We have not been called to be perfect. But at the same time, we have not been called to be laxed and to be relaxed and to dismiss our sins and refuse to work on them. And when I say sins, it's not just the idea of doing right and wrong, but even our lifestyles. We have not been called to be relaxed on certain topics because, well, grace is abundant and I'm not perfect. No, no, we have been called to be... To be straightforward, to be strong when it comes to the identity that we hold in Christ. And when we fall short, we can easily and proudly get back up because our because we boast in the strength that God has given us. So this, you know, I'm I'm saying this to dismiss the the idea of a lukewarm Christianity. There are many things that we have been called away from that take an immense amount of strength that we do not have. But because we have the Holy Spirit living within us, we have the strength and this gives us our identity. And, you know, we've we've been talking about some of these things and they might be foreign to you, so I'll bring it closer home. Because honestly, I need to step on some toes today. So we talked about sexuality. And some of you may be like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't struggle with that so I'm good there. Let's talk about music. Mhm. Let's talk about that secular playlist that you have that is 80, 90% of everything that you listen to. Let's talk about those late night conversations that you have with that boy or that girl. Let's talk about that cheating that you do in your exams. Let's talk about the shoplifting. Let's talk about the, you know, using using the student discounts when you're no longer a student. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I went there. I went there. Let's talk about that whole idea of going clubbing and justifying it because, oh, it's my friend's birthday. Oh, it's a big celebration. Oh, it's one, two, three. Do you know that these are avenues where you lose your identity? Do you know that these are places that cost you, they cost you time, they cost you money, They cost you resources that could otherwise go into solidifying your identity and helping you walk in the responsibility that God has given you. And don't get me wrong, God redeems the time. God is outside of time, so when when we give him our yes, he works in us. But remember, we are not outside of time. So if God will redeem the time when we're 30 years old, guess what? You've lost 30 years. And if we're not serious with rooting ourselves in Christ to find our identity as young as we are, especially even as you're listening to this now, if you're not serious as this ends to go to a quiet place and just be ruthless with the sin in your life and the things that are holding you back from identity, actually knowing who you are, trust me, God will redeem the time when you eventually get there. you will have lost the time identity radical life these these two things they go hand in hand when you know who you are trust me nothing can stop you because in your knowing who you are you know who you're from You know where you're from. You know who made you. You know who your father is. And when you know that your father is the creator of this universe, what devil is going to stand up against you? This is why it says that the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. It is not to say that you will not go through a difficult time. You will. In fact, it will be a lot more difficult. But it is to say that no matter how many times that difficulty comes, no matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you feel like you're drowning, no matter how many times you will stand strong because you have an identity and that weapon will not prosper. It will be formed, but it will not prosper. In the name of Jesus, it will not prosper. Because we know our identity. And I just want to finish with this, and again, we'll probably get into it um, later on in the season, or, or in or in more episodes to come. But identity means drawing to the object of our faith, who is God. And how do we draw close to God? How do we draw close to like how we do? How do we ensure that our identity remains intact by doing a couple things? Prayer. Oh yeah, you pray. <laughs> Second thing, Bible reading. And I'm just mentioning these now, but we're going to get deeper into these. And the third thing, which is the most important one, fasting. Oh, and I know there I've probably stepped on a lot of toes, but I don't care. It's essential to your identity. And that's all that matters here. If we're not doing these three things on a regular, then we are not fixing our eyes on the object of our faith. And we are easily being turned away to other objects or even being deceived that we ourselves are the objects. We must be in prayer constantly. The Bible says pray without ceasing. We must read the Bible. It says meditate on the word day and night. We must be in fasting to deny ourselves the things of this world so that we can have a heightened sense and a heightened experience of the things that are above. And Jesus talks about this and he says that some things, that higher level of access, it requires fasting. These three things solidify us in our identity. And they help us take on the radical life. So, my question to you today as I just finish is Are you walking in the radical life that Christ has for you? Do you know your identity in Him? Do you know the things that He has called you to? And if you don't, are you beginning to consider that there's so much more at stake here than just calling yourself Christian? Are you beginning to consider that it is it is a larger fight that you're in and your identity is at the core of this because that is where we get to know who we are and why we are where we are. We get to actually walk in, this, in the jurisdiction that God has put us in to govern well, to reign well, to be fruitful and to multiply. Are you beginning to consider these things? And if you are, my challenge is to take a couple of days to just ask God, man, i just I need you, Father, I need you, help me in my identity, and for some of us, it's going to be a very difficult conversation because it might it might look and it 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 is for a lot of us going to be confronting past hurts is going to be dealing with barriers, dealing with dealing with obstacles that we have put in our own way, dealing with things that have been done to us in circumstances that we did not want, that have skewed our identity. And for others, it will look like actually standing up to things that we have put, to systems that we have put, to, to, to posts that, that we have made, and going back on our word, essentially, to say that I was wrong here, and now I see things differently. And it, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. But I urge that as we continue on this journey, there's so much more to come in this season that is going to equip us to have the strength to walk in our identity. I would say just take the first step. Take the first step and allow God to begin doing an amazing work in you as he solidifies your identity in him. And that's where I want to bring this to an end today. I just want to say thank you for tuning in, for listening, for, you know, just pressing play. If it was by accident, I'm glad because at least you got to listen to this. And um, even as you go on with your week, man, just take that time away, just you and God, to ask that all-important question. God, show me my identity. Show me who I am in you. And help me never to forget that because the places that you are taking me in, I must be fruitful and multiply. I must govern well and I must ensure that I have reigned effectively over all that you have given me. And I look to you to guide me. Have an amazing week and be blessed. Love you all.